Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Yes, sir. One podcast in the world that answers the only question that really matters is, how can myself can you get in? How can you hate from outside the finals when you can't even get in? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a lot of teams hate from outside the finals because we in the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's about three yep. to four games in already. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clippers, of course, are losing. They're 3-1, <laughs> yep. which is terrible. I mean, but on the bright side, Russ is playing great. Two back-to-back 30-point games. Yes. Considering, I mean, this is even though you know we everybody was like, "Oh, Russ is done. He's terrible. Uh-huh. This and that." But really, he still has that 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 that's that that MVP caliber of player within him. Mm-hmm. Even though he's lost a little bit of a step, I'm still happy for him. I, I I don't. It's not that I hate Russ. I don't. It's just that he was on the Lakers, and just like everybody else, when you have the player that's on the Lakers, you kind of judge them a little bit more because you know the team, the championship, the you know, dynasty coming off the bench and things mm-hmm. like that. You kind of judge them differently. Yes. So. I have no no problems with Russ. I'm I'm happy to see him actually balling out. The bad part yeah, is that too. there's no timetable on Kawhi coming back, which is sad. PG's yeah. probably not going to see the playoffs this year. Nope. Because <laughs> they're probably going to lose the next time they play. So it's probably it's pretty mm-hmm. much going to be four one a gentleman sweep. And I called that. I'm just gonna let you know that I called that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jason called it. So yeah, it was it was a, it's, yeah. if you listen to the episode before this one. There was a four one. We called it a gentleman sweep. Um, yeah. What else is happening here? Do 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 do. Oh, the Lakers Grizzlies. That's a good one. You got anything you want to say about you know Clippers Lakers Grizzlies? Uh, okay. Well, I'll first I'll touch the uh, Clippers real quick because I definitely uh, I feel like this is such a fun series because at g- game one when I tuned in for game one, I was like, holy shit, Kawhi's the best player in the series, like. Like, where did the athletic gifts come from? Like, the, I, I turned it on game one, and I swear to God, the guy in game one, Kawhi Leonard, athletically and defensively and offensively, was, like, a completely different player. Like, his regular season was, like, at 20% higher, 25% higher than in the postseason what he was doing, and it was, like, amazing. I was like, I haven't seen him guard KD every possession in a while. You know what I mean? Like, actually yeah. run around and do all those type of things and it was crazy to see old Kawhi. i was like you know the clippers might still lose but this is gonna be fun as hell to watch right we're gonna see Kawhi ball out like yeah. basketball fans rejoice get some good break out the popcorn and then game two <laughs> out injured, <laughs> injured. injured. <laughs> paul injured. george is not coming back and then i'm so glad you brought up russell westbrook russell westbrook is i love I love when he does stuff like this. I love 
when narratives get broken. And Russell Westbrook, with shooting, when you look back on his career, you can always know that yes. he, in the right situation, would have always been a all-time great point guard. Easily. Sometimes he didn't. Sometimes he didn't have the right fit around him. I'm yes. gonna say it again, and I say it a lot. Andre Robertson was about the worst person you could put at the small forward position when they had Russell Westbrook for a while starting. Right, yes. that man can't shoot a three to save his life. Right, so he didn't have proper spacing really around him ever. Um, and the Clippers, the Clippers have so much spacing now, so when you get to see him game two and game three doing what he's doing, 31, 37, ridiculousness, with all the spacing, the shooters that they have there and defenders that they have there, you just see that with the right fit and the right team build, Russell Westbrook could have been an NBA champion. Let that sink yes. in. Russell Westbrook could have been an NBA champion with the right team build around him. Okay, and a lot of Russell Westbrook hate. I feel like people that really don't understand the game hate on Russell Westbrook more than people that really understand it. It's like, okay, you'll take the turnovers and you'll take the shooting too much sometimes with the amazingness of what he does to defenses, mm -hmm. you know, attacking yes. the rim and all that stuff in his peak and prime and what he passes out to shooters. And, like, he was elite, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I I'm so glad that he's breaking narratives. I just, I love to see it. Fit matters, people. Like, there's a reason yes. why he was on the bench with LeBron. Yeah, because he could have fit with LeBron, but now that there's no Braun there, he's just allowed to pass. You're gonna seeing that he is really, really valuable with the right fit. I'm just I would also, I would also argue, just to argue your point a little bit more, I would argue that fit is just as important in the NBA as it is on jobs. If you have to be the right fit for a job, you have to be right fit for the, <laughs> for the job on the NBA, right? And it's exactly uh -huh. the same thing. And the reason why it doesn't work with LeBron and Russ, mm. even though it, you know, they do, because the, they do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they do True. the exact same thing. So they kind of yes. cancel each other out, but LeBron is yes. that is just a tier above Russ when it comes mm -hmm. to it. So it's like, you'd yeah. rather have LeBron starting. And then you may say, yes. well, but what about when Braun was hurt and it was AD and Russ, and we still didn't quite see Russ turn into what he's turned into now. Let's think about the way that the team was built and then the narratives mm -hmm. and the negativity. That also has an effect on the player as well. It, it, he, he had to deal with mental health every day. Yeah, somebody in the uh, somebody true. telling him that's that he's point. Westbrook every day, blaming him for the reason why they lose every uh -huh. day. He's, that that's does something. And then yeah. and he goes to a better environment, and he uh -huh. goes downstairs to the basement to the Clippers. <laughs> and then, you know... <laughs> Now he's with PG again, and they look, ah, okay, so he's back. And then they act, and then Kawhi's there. You're like, okay, you know, he doesn't talk much. And now they they look like a team again, and you're starting to see yeah. Russ come back to life. And I will say this here. Right now, today is uh, April 23rd, and it's 2.57 p.m. We're recording this right now. It'll come mm -hmm. out tomorrow, and you'll hear this tomorrow on April 24th at 12 o'clock. Next year, Clippers might take the West. I'm saying that now. If everybody's I, healthy, they will. They might take the West. Got to be a new coach. It's coach coming. It's coach coming. Eme is. Oh, that's a big thing though. Eme might become the Rockets' coach, or either the Raptors' coach. I wonder. They they fired Stephen Silas. Yeah, and and Toronto went ways with different ways of Nick Nurse. I mean, I can't remember a better <laughs> coaching. Free 
coaching candidates. Like Nick Nurse and Ime, both in my opinion, are top ten coaches of the league. And Ime was like yeah. top five. And Nick yeah. Nurse was knocking on the door of top five. You know what I mean? And like if anybody wants to question Nick Nurse's oh, Toronto's off okay, well Toronto's offense didn't fit well together. Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes doesn't fit well with Pascal Siakam. I'd like you to ask you this question. Why does everybody in Toronto defend? It's because they Nick taught Nurse. how to defend. Exactly. OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Christian Coloco, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, all of them come to defend. You remember that undrafted guy named Fred Van Fleet? Oh, yeah, yeah. he became the best version of himself on that team. Yeah, exactly. I think it might have been Nick Nurse. Okay, Pascal right. Siakam goes from role player to super role player to L-star under Nick Nurse, right? Yes. Like, he could develop talent. If he goes to Houston, oh my goodness. Because he, he really could develop young talent. Um, that would be amazing. So, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse doesn't get the love. Let me I'm also a little biased because I read his book. There he is. It's <laughs> a little bit of bias, but let me tell you something else. <laughs> One thing that I've noticed that has become uh-huh. a trend is that those defensive-minded coaches really are able to maximize the guys mm. on their team because yes what is defense defense is nothing but effort <laughs> yeah effort and if you get somebody to put effort coaching in on the defensive effort. end coaching you know even is effort so mm-hmm. if you get somebody to put deep put effort in on the defensive end they're more likely to put the efforts that effort in on the offensive end yeah. and that translate Eme was a defensive coach he was able to get jason tatum and Jalen brown to defend at a yes. high level and that's why they're so great offensively because yes. they're putting effort in on both sides of the on both sides of the ball yeah. now nick nurse same thing those defensive coaches are really winning right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I definitely agree with you because there's so much offensive talent abundance in the NBA, but yeah. there's a limited amount of coaches that can actually coach defense at a high level and like yes. be good enough offensively to coach and be like an actual guy that can be an NBA head coach. So, you know, I really feel like Ime and Nick Nurse, which add so much to so many good teams being young, Quinn Snyder is going to make the Lynn Hawks better long term as well. So this is a great yeah. offseason for coaches you know find a new coach for your team this is some hella good options here that's true yeah that's true exciting that's true yeah all right uh <laughs> so i guess we might as well move on to the lakers business that was yeah, the other option, i knew you so. want, i knew that's what you want to talk about anyway i was like you're going to talk about the lakers aren't you chris okay go <laughs> yes first let's right. stop here <clears throat> let's stop here and just let's talk about Rui hachimura for a second oh uh, okay is he not surprising, or is he not surprising? <laughs> no, he's definitely had a good few games, for sure. Yes. The very first game, Grizzlies, right? Mm-hmm. 20-point games off, 20 points off the bench, right? Yeah. Then, it, he, was, well, he, was, uh, he, was, he was the youngest player. I think the only other player who ever did that on the Lakers was Magic. And he yeah. came, dropped 20-plus points off the bench. Then he's had two back-to-back 15-plus point games. Mm-hmm. He's he's in great company now. Now I'm gonna say yeah. this: this might be the perfect fit for Rui. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there. I think that we're gonna yeah. actually gonna see something here. Something's activating within him now. We may see a great role player forming here for years mm-hmm. to come. I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a star in his role. I mean, he's expected to shock right off the bench. They don't really need him to defend much. You know what I mean? But he shot creates so well for himself, and he's a good three-point shooter, and you know, he gives you a little extra punch, especially it's unique to have at the forward position like that. So, 
um, yeah, Rui's a star in his role right now, and the Lakers are doing what I thought they would do. Like uh, it's they're they're too smart for the Memphis Grizzlies right now. I picked them to beat the Memphis Grizzlies before the series. Uh, the Dylan Brooks stuff is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He literally tried to call LeBron James old. The man's fucking averaging like 28 a game in the regular season. Man, that guy, I wish I was playing him against Miami. <laughs> Cleveland, oh, only of those days. We could battle like men. Oh, uh, yeah, you're battling him with your 14 points per game. You're really, you're really notable. No, no. Five yeah. years from now, no. Five years after he retires, I'm going to ask people, who's Dylan Brooks? I'm like, Dylan Brooks, I've never heard of that guy. <laughs> right? like, right. He's going to be one of those guys that was like, I'm a pretty good role player that nobody remembers. Right? Uh-huh. Anybody remember Quentin Richardson? No, you don't. Okay, cool. No, really. <laughs> right? Like, he's one he of those guys. He was on Miami, guys. wasn't he? Huh? Was he on Miami? Quentin, Quentin Richardson was uh, on the Suns, Knicks, Clippers. Hey, are we talking about you- the same guy? Yeah, Quentin Richardson, shooting guard. Brinks? Played with Steve Nash. Okay, no, we're talking about two different guys. <clears throat> it's um, another guy who was who was Richardson. Okay, never mind. Steve Nash and Mari Sotomar, that team. Was a two yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Q yeah. Rich. Yeah. yeah. Uh, role player. He's a role player. <laughs> yeah, he's a role player. There's nothing wrong with being a role player. Like, he defends well. He shot creates well for himself. But, you know, it's hilarious to watch. It's hilarious Mm. to see the videos. It's hilarious. Like, TikTok's a great world where you can see, like, people, like, you know, the talking editor where they they put the people's words words in their mouths while they're talking is, like, funny stuff. So it's giving great entertainment. But it's not going to be great basketball because the Lakers are going to obviously win. Um, I still feel that way. So it's good to watch. It's a good series. Thoughts on the the flagrant two from yesterday? That wasn't a flagrant two. That was not a flagrant two. That was yeah, that was a flagrant. Him, so. Yeah, I felt like that was a bad call because uh, it didn't seem intentional. Like it was a pretty natural. Like people are taught when you're pressing somebody up full court, right? You're taught to swivel your hips and kind of anticipate that they're gonna. You know, you're taught to swivel your hips, move back, and swivel your hips, and it's like a normal movement, right? It wasn't overly it's not like one of those forced movements and i feel like a flagrant two is like a non-natural basketball play is what i'm getting at and i felt like what dylan brooks did was a natural basketball play you just hit him in lebron james crown jewels and uh yeah uh (laughs) and uh like we just watched draymond green curb stop somebody like that's a flagrant two okay (laughs) so i mean we can argue this we can argue this because who was in the wrong more? <laughs> With what? Oh, between Draymond and Dylan Brooks? Oh, Draymond Green by a mile. No, no, no. no, no. Between Draymond and Sabonis. It's, 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 it's a bonus. Who was in the wrong more? The fact that he grabbed his ankle <laughs> that caused the stomp. <clears throat> that's a dirty play. Because <laughs> what if he would have grabbed it and Draymond would have went the wrong way and twisted his ankle? I will say this about Sabonis in that situation. 30. It it looks like he was foul hunting with Clay Thompson, and he fell on the ground. Mm-hmm. But I will say the way he fell, he kind of didn't have anywhere else to put his arms. Right, like he mm-hmm. fell like right into like his shoulder was 
basically touching Draymond's leg, so it's not like he could have done a lot in that situation. So, you know, I because the grabbing thing does de, does DeMontis Sabonis hold it more than like a microsecond? No. It's like whole it's like there, but it's not like fully grabbing and like holding and like he's like kind of like eh, tries to let it go immediately and just like and then he gets curb stomped like obviously intentional. You know what I mean? Um and there's a lot of hilarious clips that I've seen from, uh, again, from people from TikTok where, like, Draymond Green's throwing people to the ground and they, like, step around him and do, like, all this extra stuff. Like, he's throwing yeah. people to the ground and they are in obvious situations where they could step on his stomach, but they go around him or be really safe and make sure they don't step on him. This is Draymond Green's interview. Like, where, where am I supposed to place my foot? Like, what the fuck do I do with my foot? Like, uh, uh, you step over him. Like, like, let's not act like the stomping was not intentional. I don't know how dumb he thinks NBA fans are, but we're not that dumb. Okay? <laughs> I don't think it was intentional. That's just me. Because you don't it. think it was intentional? Uh, no. Bro, no. explain yourself, please, because I I don't see it that way. I don't think it's intentional because, like, think about it. Like, okay, so look, so he, the he's foul hunting. You're absolutely sure, you know, absolutely right with that. He like flops a little bit, ends up on the floor. He grabs Draymond's yes. leg. I can see if he stumped with the other foot, but he stumped with the leg that was wrapped. <laughs> I don't think it was uh-huh. intentional. I don't think it was intentional. I think he was like literally trying to get him off of him, but he stumped on him, and he was like, because. He was already moving forward. It's not like he looked down and stopped. He was moving forward. It's the forward motion. It can be argued. I think he his leg was moving forward, and then he had the great idea of putting that leg into him. Right? Like, <laughs> his leg magically stopped moving as much forward and started moving in a downward direction in a perfect, like, right angle. So I'm, I'm leaning Draymond Green as the instigator and the person that deserved the technical two in that situation. I disagree. disagree. Even though he got a German suplex like a couple plays before with my DeMontis bonus and no call. <laughs> like- hey. Hey. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened, okay? In that, in that, no, no, no. Like, literally, like, if they're the Golden State Warriors needed to come out of that series with a win in the road. Right, mm-hmm. that was a must-win game. So, what do you think Straymon Green's gonna do? Draymond yeah. Green's gonna go walk that line. He's gonna get in people's heads. That's his whole mo in must-win situations in the playoffs. So let's yeah. not act like Demonte Sabonis was the only person doing something. Look, there's probably a lot of tick for tack going on over there. Draymond Green instigating Demonte Sabonis not taking his bullshit, you know, and. uh yeah, yeah, I, I'm not buying the smoke on Draymond Green being innocent bystander in this situation. You know why you're not buying it? It's because of that. The same reason why Demarcus Cousins can look at the wrong way at a ref and get a technical. It's history. <laughs> it's history. History influences everything. You look at his history and you're like that was unnecessary. That was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. That was unnecessary. And now one time where it could literally be argued whether it was his fault or not, you're going to be like, but he has a history of unnecessary plays. Unnecessary non-basketball plays. How many times has he, has he kicked the ball and it was not, and I'm not talking about uh, the, the orange one that's dribbling down the floor. 
Man, he's done it a lot. Exactly. A bad history unnecessary, with that. unnecessary non-basketball plays. And the one time that it yeah. could be argued, history shows that, hmm, he's done it before. Why is it not this time? Hey, man. He does shady shit. He gets shady results. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Definitely shady. Like, that's, it's not all, uh, it's not all, like, let's be honest here, Draymond Green earns what he receives. Okay. I'm not arguing that, but I'm saying, okay. the, it's like the boy who cried wolf. He's like, he kept saying it was a wolf, said it was a wolf, and one time it was a wolf. Yeah. It's like, we're not going to believe you because you lied to us. But it's like the same yeah. thing. Like, you kept getting these sex, kept getting these sex, kept getting these sex, and one time he's not completely in the wrong, and it yeah. can be argued, they're like, but look at what you did before. Sure. You see? Yeah. I will tell you this. Greatest first round series in the NBA playoffs by far is that Kings. Sacramento Golden State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. first things first, uh, you know, if the Kings hold on to this W, I'm going to be, you know, so happy because I predicted it, predicted yeah. them to win in six. And. They they have been rolling, rolling mm-hmm. through Golden State game one and game two, and the most important game in my opinion was game two, because anybody that's a true basketball fan understands that there is usually coaching adjustments with high level matchups, right? Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr has a history of seeing game one, making adjustments, and they win game two. Right, mm-hmm. the death lineup against the Cleveland Cavaliers when they bring out Iggy and Harrison Barnes and Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, like those type of things that come out of those type of situations, which is like, okay, that this team beating us this way, we're gonna make this adjustment, right? So I was going in the game to expecting that. I was expecting, okay, well, the Warriors are going to win game two because they're going to figure out something in the film room. And game three, the Kings are going to have to adjust. And they'll, I think they'll go back home game four and be 2-2, right? Heading into game five and six. But the Kings won game two, the game that the yeah. war And I didn't see any adjustments where it was like, okay, well, this is what the adjustment they made, and they're going to have this advantage for the rest of the series. Like, I was extremely surprised about that, and it proved my theory and what I was thinking all along is they don't have any strategic advantages. They don't have anything that they can just rely on and go to that's going to give them this great advantage in this matchup. The Kings mm-hmm. are a bad matchup for the Golden State Warriors. I said yes. it before, and it's looking very correct, right? Um, you know, I really also <laughs> feel like Draymond Green with the stepping thing, I also feel like Draymond Green, in my opinion, made one of the worst mistakes I've ever seen him make in the playoffs. Because if you're watching that game, like five or six possessions before that, the Steph Curry, Draymond Green pick and roll, and the way they had the space, the floor spaced, they were getting like five straight layups at the rim by giving the Kings some fits. With it was some sort of matchup, it was some sort of way that they were spaced out. It was something that they were doing in the Kings defense that was leading to extremely easy shots at the rim. They had something figured out there, right? And it felt like, okay, yep, Golden State's got something. Sacramento's can only hold them out for so long. And then Draymond Green gets cacked out. And it's like yeah. one of those times, man, where like 
Draymond Green, what the fuck were you thinking? What what the yep. fuck were you thinking? Right? Like, that was not the right choice. That was not the NBA champion Draymond Green decision there. Because you, they needed you to make that matchup work. To make the exposing the Kings defense work in that situation. Because they mm-hmm. found something. Right? And now, okay, you found something in the fourth quarter. What do you think's happened in the past two days? You think Mike Brown hasn't seen that and been able to adjust within the next few games? Yeah. He already that was it. the moment yeah. to take advantage and go up, go 1-1, one, one, right? Yeah. They weren't able to hold on to it, and it sucks. It yeah. really sucks. Um, hopefully, the Draymond Green thing and the DeMontis Bonus thing won't get in the way of the fact that Sacramento Kings earned those wins. They didn't yeah. give them. It was the Golden State Warriors giving up to them. Draymond Green didn't give it to him. Kings earned those two wins. Okay. Um, game three was great for the Warriors. They shot well. They did normal stuff at home. Big crowd. Fouls weren't going the Kings' way. XXX. Malik Monk had a slow, oh, really weak game. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's going to be a continue to be a great series. I, I have so much fun watching it. Yeah. Kings Warriors. What do you think, Chris? Kings Warriors. <clears throat> I I was leaning more toward the Warriors and I was very surprised that it was like, you know, that the Sacramento Kings are really coming up on top. I still have faith. I mean I think he can go six. I think that, you know, they might there might still be something that left under Steve Curse, you know, up Steve Curse's sleeve and he might be able to make okay. another adjustment somewhere. So okay. I, I see it both ways. I see it both ways, but I'm not gonna be mad. I mean I'm fine with it either way. The Sacramento Kings, you know, that'd be a great upset, and then that'd like, yeah. you know, now they're a legit threat in the list, you know. No. Beating the Warriors doesn't make them a threat. Nope, it's a good matchup. Yeah. It's a perfect matchup. Yeah. Okay. This is, you know, what this is. Hmm. This is just like the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Atlanta Hawks a few years ago made it to the Eastern Conference Finals because of matchup, right? They beat yeah. the Knicks. It was a close series, and then I came on this podcast and was like the the Seventy Sixers, the Hawks are a terrible matchup for the Seventy Sixers for X Y reasons. It was similar to the Kings, and then they mm-hmm. go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And what happens after that? Expectations. <gasps> yeah, we have a young team made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They beat the fucking one seed. Holy shit, they're gonna beat. X now, right? Yeah. Expectations doesn't meet the actual team and how good the team actually was, right? Yeah. And it's a similar thing for the Kings, right? They have a very, they're going to have a good team moving forward, but they're never going to be able to re- reach the expectations of beating the Golden State Warriors because they didn't beat the Golden State Warriors because they have so much more talent than them. Because they're such a well better machine, better team than them, they're yeah. gonna beat the Golden State Warriors because of matchup, mm-hmm. and they're never gonna be able to, you know, fully fulfill the media's push. What's gonna be expectations on the Kings because they beat the Warriors? Because the casual fans probably hasn't seen the Warriors play since the last time they played in the playoffs. They're like, oh, the Kings beat the team that won the NBA championship, right? They're an yes. NBA championship team now. Yeah. That's the expectations. And that That's is totally unrealistic. Okay. It's a good matchup for the Kings, just like it was a good matchup for the Hawks. 
don't expect the world from them, okay? They're still young and growing. It's great to see for De'Aaron Fox. I really feel like they have something going here. Um, a few more depth pieces, a few more younger pieces to grow into bigger roles would be great. Uh, but, yeah, the Kings have something here, but it's not going to be... <gasps> Yes, yeah. next dynasty, <laughs> right? Like, right, get the Warriors because it's a good matchup. I'm worried because they're not quite there happen. yet, is what you're saying. Yeah, yes, they're, not, exactly. they're, not, they're ready to beat them, but they're not ready to like take on the West yet. Yes, and be a powerhouse. Exactly, in the West. I got you. Exactly. And then expectations will eventually come by and go, "Hello, you're not ready for me," and crush them, and then they'll get mm-hmm. they'll get demolished by like the like the Lakers or something like that. And yeah. like, I'm just not, I wasn't ready. Yeah, and three years I, from now, people will not have Dr- uh, Darren Fox in an All Star game. Yeah, yeah, this is how it goes. <laughs> that's, that's just how it goes. For the people that's, who don't understand, that's a Trey Young reference for averaging yeah. twenty seven and ten, and not making the uh, All Star team because yeah, you know, people are stupid. It is yes. It is. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man. Yeah, that's all I think about the West. I mean, the Nuggets running through the Timberwolves was yeah. as expected. Timberwolves weren't ready, right? You know, another running through is the Brooklyn Nets over the 76ers. Brooklyn Nets are yeah. out 4-0 sweep. Uh, yeah. I will say, Mikhail Bridges impressed me. He's definitely made a lot of improvements offensively. Um, I didn't know that he could fit in a more of a high volume role. Hopefully mm-hmm. he keeps on growing into his game more and, uh, keep on proving people like me wrong more. And it's really exciting to see. And, uh, I feel like it's a good step for him. Hopefully he can keep on moving forward with this forward momentum. And, uh, yeah. And the 76ers are going to keep on doing what 76ers do. Which is getting yeah. beat in the second round by the Boston Celtics. <laughs> there we go. Love to hear it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. But before we continue on, you know, go to our uh-huh. next part. I do just want to say that this has been a very weird first round of the playoffs. Yes. Why do I say that, you ask? The number of injuries has been baffling. Yes. <laughs> Why is everybody yes. getting hurt? Yes. Jaw, wrist, off of, off of, because he couldn't land correctly, and he already on his already injured wrist. Giannis, back. It's like, yes. dude, the, the Miami Heat are up 3-1 right now on the Bucks. <laughs> no, they're not. Are they 3-1 or 2-1? Is they're up on the Bucks right now? No, they're not. I don't think they are. Yes, I think they are. It, unless I read that wrong. Hold on. I'm looking it I up right now. I think it's 1-2. Is it 1-2? 2-1? They're up 2-1, right? Nah, the Bucks are up 1. It's tied 1-1. It's tied one one. My bad. Oh, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. The 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 Heat are up two two one. Two one two one three one. Yes, they're up right now. Two one. The yeah. number of yeah. injuries is starting to look like the the year that the Bucks and the Suns went to the West and the Eastern Conference Finals and ended up in the championship. The amount of people getting hurt. <laughs> Those teams that look like favorites aren't looking like favorites because everybody's getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know who this benefits? Lakers. Boston. That too. <laughs> if Boston can get out of the East, I don't see anything stopping them. Yeah. 
I would be amazed if the Miami Heat are able to hold this off. Uh, because the Bucks in the past have beaten teams without Giannis. Right, mm-hmm. they didn't have him against Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks team three years ago. Right, you know most of those games. But uh, the only thing that I think is more of a matchup issue is because Bam's there, and when there's no Giannis, they love to play through the post and having yeah. to go up against Bam. Even though Kevin Love may not be a great defender, he's still six ten. You know, they got mm-hmm. Dwayne Demet, Deadman, 6'11", right? They have Jimmy Butler to guard Chris Milliton. Now he's expected to do more, right? And uh, it's a tough matchup because of those reasons. And it's it's interesting, like, watch these shitty teams compete for something that should be way less, like, the shittiness of the teams, because uh, <laughs> without Giannis... Without yeah. Giannis, this is a 7-8 seed matchup, okay? Yes. <laughs> because the hilarious thing is there is so much more riding on the series than on mm. the level of teams that they are, right? Yeah. And it's like an unreasonable thing, but it's going to be hilarious to see who comes out of that because if Miami beats the Bucks because Giannis is hurt, that'll make me so sad because I thought they were going to be the number one team going to the mm-hmm. finals. I really want to see Giannis prove that he's the best, but uh, that happens. Uh, yeah, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are running through everybody this year. There's Easily. nothing stopping them unless they get hurt. Easily, yeah. Easily, easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Miami pulls off the upset against the Bucks, then Boston God. has a cakewalk to the to the to the Eastern Conference Finals because who they're gonna play? The Sixers. Yeah, I mean, like, ooh. Let me ask you this. Huh? So, if the Knicks or the Cavs play the Miami Heat because of Giannis' injury, who's mm-hmm. coming out of that to get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Hmm. Who's coming? The matchup nobody expected. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though if you, if, if you, you know, we talked about this last week with the Knicks-Cavs, and I said the Knicks would beat the Cavs because... I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't like how they were playing at first, but now as we're watching a couple games, it's a very competitive series right now. Whoa. If the Cavs come out, I think Miami comes out on top. Okay, I'm gonna have to slim this down a little bit because it looks like there's four minutes and 17 seconds left in the game. The Knicks are up by nine right now. They have a two-one mm-hmm. series lead. So if they win this, it's three one. Yeah. So give me Knicks versus Heat. Who wins? Heat. I still go with Heat. Either way, I'm going with Heat. Okay. I'm My reason for choosing the Knicks in that series. Okay, I'm listening. Who's this Jimmy Butler? Yeah, who's Jimmy Butler guard- guarding? R.J. Barrett. Like, who's he impacting offensively? Like, is Julius Randle's? Julius Randle's going to give him a tough time. Jump us yeah. a little small and quick. True. I, I don't see, like, the guy that Jimmy Butler's going to really be able to guard effect- effectively in lockdown. Um, and I feel like... I'm, I'm surprised by your switch up because I switched up in a different way. Because... Yeah. The more I watch the series, the more I'm like, okay, the Knicks team, you're right. They are the better team. 
Yeah. They're surprisingly deep with the shot creators, right? And Jalen Brunson is just so goddamn efficient at the high volume shit. Like his ability to average 25, 26, a ridiculously high efficiency that he does, mm-hmm. it's just scary to watch. And how well Julius Randle is playing, I think they would beat them. I think I think that the Knicks would beat them. I would go Knicks over Heat, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Can but I explain my switch up though? Okay, yeah, interesting. Let me hear it. So the only reason I switched up is be just be simply because of the bias of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like I was okay. all about like, you know, it, it's it's really nothing basketball wise. Just the, it's just living in Cleveland and being like, yeah. I'm a Cavs fan. But I picked the Knicks to win. Yeah, and I'm gonna stick by that. Like, I'm not switching. Yeah, I'm not switching. I picked the Knicks to win. It's sad to say, but like. After watching the regular season games and then watching like the playoff games, I'm like, it's the same exact problems that I'm seeing, and it's mm-hmm. just not getting any better. So it's just the, the Knicks have way too much, way too much. Yeah, in my opinion, this is the second best series. Yeah, these two teams because they're close. It's hard to know mm-hmm. who's gonna win. Yeah, it's a good series it, for real. It didn't build off what you said with the Miami Heat. The reason why I say Miami is I'm going strictly off of. Playoff experience. Okay. That's it. Experience wise, I think the Heat w- could take them because they know it can hit. They, 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 listen, this Heat team, mm-hmm. although a bit different, has played against the LeBron Lakers when the Lakers won the championship and battled them. Yeah. Heroes hurt. He's possibly could come back soon. Who knows? I don't know if he, is he out indefinitely? I'm not, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not kind of iffy on that one. I'm going to look okay. that, look that, look into that. Okay. I'll look into that in a second. But I think that this Heat team can do it. If they beat the Bucks, they're riding high. They'll, I think I think that they'll make it interesting with the Knicks. But I okay. think that the Heat will topple the Knicks. Because this is a good matchup for the Knicks because they both have zero playoff experience. Mm-hmm. They just playing right now at their the, the best they can. You know what I mean? So and they know that they're better than the Cavs. So they're like, okay, we, we can we can win this. We beat them in the regular season. They don't know how to hit that yeah. next level. But the Heat Mm-hmm. Know how to turn it up. Yeah, true. You have look. Think about this. You have a cha- NBA champion in Kyle Lowry, so he already knows what it takes to win. A decrepit NBA champion in De- Kyle okay. Lowry, <laughs> and an Eastern Conference champion in I mean, yeah, in was it yeah, in Jenny Butler? So I mean, yeah. like, come on now. <laughs> Bam is the Eastern Conference champion. Jimmy is, a, is a, they have these they, they can hit these levels. I don't know. I, I feel that it'll be it, I'll say four two heat. Okay. I would go four one Knicks. Five. Five games. Five games. I think Wow. You know, that that Heat team earned their eight seed. They earned it because Kevin Love was a starting guy. They earned yeah. it because they got a bunch of shooters that couldn't shoot this year. Yeah. They earned it because they didn't have a lot of scoring outside of Hero and Butler, mm-hmm. right? And Jimmy Butler's got to guard the best player in the other team every single night. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I feel like against an actually good NBA playoff team, they're, uh, that they have the great thing about the Knicks is they got a shot creator in every position, right? So yes. if you have a weakness, it'll get found can't hide it against them uh and uh looks like they might actually close out the Cavs. they're up 10 minute 36 left in the game 
Yeah, looks like they're going up 3-1. But think about this, though. Okay. Do you think that the adjustments that Spo can make against that team can lead them to victory? Because clearly they're making adjustments somewhere because how are they beating the Bucks right now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're beating the Bucks because it's a good matchup for them without Giannis. Again, okay. Bobby Portis... Brooke Lopez, they like to play through the post without Giannis. They got to yeah. go up against Bam, right? Yeah, Kevin true. Love can be hidden against Bobby Porter's. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, but when it's Julius Randle, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. Kevin Love's either got to guard Julius Randle or RJ Barrett. Yeah. What is he doing? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And Jalen Brunson's. It doesn't matter if Jimmy Butler's guarding him. Doesn't matter if Evan Mobley's guarding him. Doesn't matter if Jaron Jackson Jr.'s guarding him. Doesn't matter if you bring back Michael Jordan. He's gonna hit his tough shots, right? He hits mm-hmm. the craziest, toughest mid-range shots that nobody in the history of NBA time could block. So, yeah. putting Jimmy Butler on him is not gonna make that big of a difference. He just plays so gosh darn efficient basketball. And they got dudes. They got quickly. They got uh, – I'm forgetting the forward. They got a backup forward as well. Like, they're just so deep. I just – and they got Josh Hart, the throwout hero, when Josh Hart's on yeah. the bench and getting just 28 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. I think the Knicks, Knicks would run through them. And uh, I feel like you can't count the Bucks out yet fully. I feel like it's going to be fun to watch. But, yeah, the thing that you were most right about, I, in my opinion, was the Knicks. Game one, yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is." I'm. I was definitely wrong about the Knicks. No, I was definitely Knicks. wrong. I didn't see the offense. Yeah, I think it was a little yeah, bit of a Tom Thibodeau bias. No, I watched a lot of games, but I feel like a Tom Thibodeau offense bias was blurring my ability to yeah. really appreciate the offensive firepower of the Knicks. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, <clears throat> that's interesting. That's interesting. And and that's the point of the podcast, guys. That's the point of the podcast. You wrong? We'll tell you. If I'm wrong, I'll tell you. Right? I there's new things I learn about basketball every day, every day. And I was wrong about the Knicks. And that's yeah. something that we try to bring in the podcast is letting letting you guys learn new things. And uh, I was wrong, but I'm glad I was wrong because it's fun to it's fun to like appreciate a new team in a new way. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? See them in the new light that you didn't really fully understand beforehand. It's always expanding basketball knowledge. So I want to raise my hand and say I was wrong. And <laughs> wait, let me let me do it like the AA meeting about what? My name is Christopher, and and I was wrong <laughs> about what. Uh, the Lakers Grizzlies. Lakers Grizzlies. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling that that was <laughs> I felt very comfortable about that one. Yeah, I was wrong. Grizzlies. I raised my hand. Hi, <laughs> uh, Chris. Yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> hey, let me tell you this. Chris, if the Kings win and the Lakers win, I'll have the West completely correct in the first round. That is crazy. And okay. But you got the Knicks right, and I got the Cavs wrong. 
You put us together, we're 100%. That's the point of the podcast, Chris. There we have <laughs> we have God level basketball knowledge together. <laughs> Apart, it is really high tier. <laughs> right? I appreciate that. It's high tier. But together, we're like, you know, we're like Zeus level, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We wrote the Bible. That's how godly we are. We make oh. wine into water every single day. We have water into wine. It's been a while since I've. Uh, let's not get to that. Uh, that's a person. Yeah, let's let's not let's not let's not. <laughs> <Swear. You're> gonna... <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna throw a flag on the play on that one. It's <laughs> a tech. That's a tech. We're gonna we're gonna erase that one. Nobody nobody everybody ignored that part. When this part comes up, just fast forward. It's like a quick ten seconds, and you'll get to me just throwing my hands up. That's fine. We'll do that. Um, <laughs> that's enough. Uh, well, that's another good series we have. Let's see, East. I mean, well, it's not, I mean, the Boston is just doing what Boston's gonna do. Like, they're really whooping yeah. on the Atlanta Hawks right now. It's not really much of a game. Uh, Sixers. Gentlemen. Sixers Heat. Sixers Heat. If Sixers Heat happens, if, if, like, Heat goes past the Bucks, we're gonna see the Knicks versus wow. whoever the Bucks beat. Sixers Heat. Mm-hmm. It will be a rematch Kind of. Wait, no, 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 because it was it was Toronto Sixers. Never mind. So it it'd be a yeah. nice little matchup. It'll be Jim, if you have. That's a speculation. The old team in the playoffs. I don't. Who do you? Because we really don't know. And beats would run through them. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Bam. Yeah. And beat will run through them. I think it's too early to count out the Bucks coming out the first round, even without. But it's fun to like theorize with the Heat. You know what I mean? So I get it. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, yeah, guys, thank you for listening to the Basketball Podcast today. Congratulations to all the New York Knicks fans out there going up 3-1 on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Coming out of the first round of the playoffs, probably since Patrick Ewing was around. Uh, wait, no, Mellow Series with a Mellow with the J.R. Smith and Montchumper team. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We're really, really thankful to have you guys listening. We have thankful for you guys enjoying YouTube, our TikTok, all those type of things. Really helpful to our podcast. Um, leaving reviews are really helpful as well. This is going to be a, a weekly series every week during the playoffs. We're going to break down everything that's going on in the playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun to listen to. You guys definitely going to want to tune in for that. And yeah, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And you guys have a great rest of your day. 